Welcome to the Producers Happy Hour with your hosts, Sister Christian and Lawrence Lewis. We are two producers chatting over drinks about what it means and what it takes to be a good producer. So grab your budget, grab a call sheet, grab a drink. You're going to need it. And let's get to it. Because making is hard. If there is somebody that needs a drink this week, it's definitely me. I don't know about you, sister, but uh, it's well-deserved. I have only been drinking this week. I've been oh, bathing in alcohol, drinking alcohol. <laughs> I've been doing it all. So That is good to hear. I'm not alone. Um, but you know what? Today, we are going to start our Meet the Staff series. You know, I love a series. I love a, I love a program. I mean, Meet the Staff series. You and series are like <laughs> brothers, I would say. We're, we talk to the staff that hires us at all the various production companies we work for. We're going to find out their definition of a good producer. Plus, we want to know what a head of production looks for in a producer as well. And so today, we're chatting with Krisha Johnstone. Welcome, Krisha. What are you drinking? I have a nice can of Modelo open for this afternoon. Well, that is perfect. Sister, what about you? Well, so, you know, I'm on this kick of wonder, which are these new oh, right. drinks. Right. And so this is only two instead of five. And if y'all drink weed drinks, you understand what two means. Um, but this one gets me through the day because it's morning for me. <laughs> and my anxiety <laughs> level is high. So it just takes a little edge off and you don't smell like alcohol. And this particular well, there one, you go. <laughs> little pro tip, um, this particular one is grapefruit hibiscus. Oh, well, that sounds I know. charming. I mean, well, I'm just delicious. having a, 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 a little glass of rosé. That's a, and that's a, <laughs> tied me over for the day. Well, it is still daylight, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, we're going to dive in uh, and talk to a head of production. Uh, but first, a reminder to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts because it helps others find the show, people like you. And trust me, we all need to stick together these days. Also, we definitely want to hear from you. So please email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, ideas for show topics, your loves, your losses, your hates, your your triumphs, <laughs> all of it, because uh, we would love to hear from you. And, you know, we're definitely sticking together in this. So, yes, tell us all the stories. All right. We're excited to speak with Krisha Johnstone. She was lucky enough to grow up in the film industry at the age of 16 when she started PAing on her summer vacations. I did as well. It's really smart. Um, she decided to make uh, this her career in 2013 and worked as many jobs as she could, trying both union and non-union jobs, tabletop, cars, beauty, food, travel, and more. Then in 2018, she decided to leave us in the freelance world. And took, uh, you know, like a lifestyle change and decided to be staff and took a job at Boomshot as their head of production. Welcome, Krisha. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Yes, welcome for coming in. And full disclosure, um, Krisha and I know each other kind of on this side. So <laughs> but we're going to keep it totally professional in this one. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're related to Miles Johnstone. I am related to Miles Johnstone. He is my dad, and that's why I got the wonderful opportunity of starting at this in this industry at the age of 16. 
That's so, great. Well, I've worked yes. with Miles many times. Uh, he's definitely on my top of my list for, for first AD. So yeah. please send him my regards. I definitely And I also would love for everybody to know, if you happen to be in New York, Sarah Gold does a fantastic impression of Miles. So anybody out there would like to give Sarah a ring <laughs> and ask her to do it? I'm sure she would love it. I need to hear this, I think. All right. So obviously, it's, it said it in your bio, but uh, you've done a lot of things before you were head of production. PAs on summer vacation. What else? Where did you go from there? How, how did you, where'd you go from there and how did you get to head of production? So when I started at 16, um, everyone thought that I wanted to be in the AD department because my dad was in it and they kept sticking me with like the second AD and being like, you do talent contracts. And I was like, this is the worst part of set I've ever (laughs) been in. No, thank you. Um, And so I kind of started to like shift more towards the office. I was like, I like this motorhome lifestyle, the paperwork, the organization that's like much more me. Uh, So when I graduated college in 2013, I moved back to New York and I uh, took a quick staff position at Epoch as like their in-house office PA, Mm. um, got picked up by a couple of freelancers there who were like, come with us. You'll never have to look back. And from there, I kind of just stayed freelance office PA production uh, coordinator, production manager, um, really loved the, you know, the freelance lifestyle for a long time and then needed a change of pace for a couple of reasons and um, went staff at Boomshot just to just to, you know, see what that lifestyle was like. And what what tell us about Boomshot? How many how big is it? How many directors do do you have? Is it commercials or content or give us the rundown? Boomshot is a small, fairly new production company. I would say we work exclusively in commercials. We do. We've just started doing a couple of um, promos and uh, like trailers, I guess you would say. Um, so we have a staff of about. When do the, we have? A, we have, we're about ten people in total. We actually don't have a director roster right now. We um, do mainly direct to client work, and then we hire out our directors. So, like as we're bidding, mm-hmm. we'll kind of work through some of our favorite freelance guys and ask them to make a treatment. We do mm-hmm. have some in-house creative directors to kind of assist with this process. So one of them is a copywriter. So we do kind of you know run the gamut from a from people from clients coming to us and being like we have everything sorted out can you just execute it to like we have this idea can you help us flush it out get the director do everything you know top to bottom we also have an in-house post facility so we're really able to like scale up and scale down depending on what they need it's amazing that's everything i know they keep you busy cuz um they have a couple of very large main clients so why don't you walk us through a day in the life of an hop okay so uh <laughs> <laughs> briefly <laughs> um I work on one of our main clients, uh, which is the NASCAR account. And so most mornings I'm helping run that account very specifically just from like an operational standpoint. Since we are a small company, I work very closely with both our EP and our head of operations, our managing director. So there's a lot of HR things that also have to get done on a daily basis for me. Uh, But generally speaking, there's normally one or two projects that, that are getting bid. So it's kind of 
working with the directors and working with my creative team to bid those out. Then in the afternoon, I am uh, lucky enough to also have to do a lot of our wrapping at this point because we are a one man <laughs> show. And so I end up trying to process everything at the end of the day, which I know is not tech, you know, not the most normal thing for head of production, but basically it's kind of split between like bidding, wrapping and uh, managing our NASCAR account. I see. Ooh. Wow. That feels okay. like three or four <laughs> hours. And then what do you do after that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Now, obviously, you work in very close collaboration with producers and production teams and production crew, putting people on hold and vetting people and and onboarding them onto certain jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you see as being the most important thing that producers specifically contribute to the work your company does? I think there's there's kind of like two answers to this. I think that one of the most important things that they actually contribute or end up contributing is kind of like an energy or a vibe to the whole job and how it's going to run and go down, which I think is really important, especially for such a small company because we work so closely with them. I think that generally speaking, they're going to run the job. So I need them to to be like really proficient in bidding and budgeting and just handling like our, our client on a daily basis. But I think, you know, for me, one of the most important things is just like how they interact and work within the company um, since we are so small and don't run everything as normally as a larger company might. Okay. On that note, how do you feel supported by a producer? Because, you know, when you're working with clients and you've got, uh, you know, some higher ups in the company that you report to, how do you feel what they bring to the table is supporting you and what you have to do and who you have to answer to. Yeah, I think I feel most supported by a by a producer who kind of comes in and wants to run the show, uh, like a clean handoff. Uh, you know, like I do a mind dump of an email of like, here's everything in the job. Kind uh-huh. of take take some time and read through this, and then come back to me with any questions. Um, but really, I like when somebody is just kind of like, cool, this is mine now, and like you don't have to worry about it except for these two things, which is really what I look for because I can't produce and do the rest of my work. Um, So that's really, you know, where they come in and I feel the most supported. And I I love, I'm personally like, I love feedback. Like if you get a budget and you're kind of like, the numbers are a little wrong, but we can make it work. Like totally fine with me. I I love all of that. But yeah, just somebody who wants to like take it over, wrap it up in a little bow and hand it back. Well, so then um, jumping off of that answer, um, when you work or have to onboard a new producer, do you tell them the way you work and what you need? Or do you just passive aggressively let them suss it out? Like, how does this go? Like, do you, like, like um, I'm sure we, as we all try to work with people that we know, there's the yeah. occasion when you have somebody who has been recommended to you and sounds awesome. <laughs> Do you have any pointers for that person when they show up at Boomshot? I do. It also obviously depends on the client and the account because some of them, you know, like NASCAR, like I interact with those people on a daily basis. It's much harder for me to hand that whole job over to someone because of the daily interactions I have with them. But there are definitely other jobs where I do. I'm very honest about being like, this is your job. And if you if you feel like there are parts of it you can't handle, like, please let me know ahead of time. But for the most part, you know, I've bid you out a whole production team and I expect you to be able to use and handle that. And I'm pretty upfront about how I would prefer that this runs. 
you know, obviously it doesn't happen every time and and that's okay. But also to your point, like I always do try to work with people I know. And then of course there's the people I don't. Um, and I try to be much more explicit because as I said, we are an interesting company sometimes. And like our creative directors will also be involved with our directors, which is also involved with our client who probably has a creative director on it. So there's like, yeah. And they're like, what's the hierarchy? You know what I mean? And I'm like that, that's where it gets really messy sometimes. Well, it sounds like what you do is clearly communicate your expectations. <laughs> yes. I mean, I do my best to really communicate them, but you know. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. Got it. Exactly. But I mean, I think that that is important because I think a, a theme in our three seasons now has been expectations and communication. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to dive a little deeper because obviously you work with producers, but you also work with production teams mm -hmm. and you're there to kind of guide them through, you know, how things work at Boomshot. Yeah. Um, and since most people prep from home these days, you know, how has your interaction with them kind of changed and what do you expect from the production teams and what do you offer the production teams? How do you engage? Yeah. So one of the first things, not one of the first things, one of the longer list things that I did when I was at where that I've been doing with Boomshot that's definitely changed over the pandemic was like making the guidelines because I mm. came in there and there weren't really any. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, <sighs> let's pull from all of these companies, figure out the things that I like, let's make it. Um, and then we kind of had to shift that during the pandemic again, because we weren't really next to each other and things. I noticed that things weren't getting done the way that I wanted them to be. So I was like, okay, the guidelines, either people aren't reading them or I'm not being specific enough. So I went with the, I'm not being specific enough and went back into my guidelines and was like, no, here is the folder structure that I'm looking for. Like, it, I don't want it another way. I, I need it done this way. Like, here's how you label a PO for Boomshot. Here is exactly how I need this done. And it helped, it helped a lot. But I think that, you know, there is something nice and to be missed at times from working and prepping in an office and just the kind of flow that naturally happens, the questions that get asked, all of mm. these types of things. So I think during the pandemic, I've had to work a lot harder and give a lot more instructions about how I want things done and my own expectations. And it's, you know, each company, even when I was freelancing, I remember each company wanted it differently. And so, yeah. you know, we want it done a certain way. Well, it's nice to have those guidelines because I, I know the first thing that I would do is pick up the guidelines and be like, oh, here's a set of, just like union, here's a set of rules that I need to follow. <laughs> and I will, and right. I, they will, they will invite me back if I follow the rules. So then, you know, it was, it was a nice structure to have versus like, just do mm -hmm. however. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, so um, I know we've seen a lot change over the past couple of years, right? Um, and the industry has changed, but Kind of a hard question. Do you think that things will ever go back to the way they were? I'm finding that we've just developed a new way of working and that's where we are. I don't know if things will ever go back to the way that they were. And at least my feeling on it is like, I sometimes really miss it. And I sometimes kind of love it because prepping from an office can also be like really hectic if the company has more than one job going, or I don't know, also just like, personal life and working from home, like definitely has its benefits and quality. Yeah, I, I've noticed <laughs> that like my ideal work time would be eight to four. Like 
that's mm. when I do my best. And so I can do that working from home. But, you know, in the office, you you can be there like nine to nine sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that we'll go back. I think the industry's kind of shifted and it's, you know, that's okay. I, there are definitely jobs in which I would require a team to come in. So like a friend of mine just did a five-day shoot with like 13 locations. And I was like, that's an in-office prep. Like you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's definitely a lot. I'm just sitting here for two hours and I haven't had an email. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> but no, it, it makes complete sense because I think that coming out of it too, we've all understood how important our personal lives are and how we did not have any before Right. So yeah. it's really hard to take that away, especially now that the workers and finding good producers is hard. So you absolutely have to work with your freelance people to get the right, you know, work structure versus just dictating that you have to be in an office. Exactly. I Yeah, I think productivity is up personally, but yeah. Yeah. And and to that end, speaking of how things have changed, do you think that there are any new skills today that the producers of today, the next generation of producers need to have to be successful in what the marketplace looks like today. And it could also apply to production managers and coordinators as well. Do you think? Yeah. And what HOPs. Think? And HOPs, yeah. <laughs> EPs. <Ooh>. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what does an EP need to do now? <laughs> yeah. That's a very interesting question. Well, one of the biggest things that I've learned at Boomshot, I would say, and, and this is not like the most recent, but generally the trend, I think, is that like we are a lot, we're almost exclusively direct to client, which is a big change, at least from when I was growing up in this, where there was always an agency and there was always this kind of buffer person. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, let's be honest, it was like, you know, a game of telephone and you were like, when is the agency producer going to talk to the client? When am I? And like, it took too long sometimes. But there's also a very nice part about having an agency involved um, in terms of, of that buffer between the client. And so I think that there, the expectations around producers have changed because I need them to be talking directly to our client. And that, right. you know, not, I mean, I guess we can talk about a skill set in terms of interacting with a client, but just a pretty big shift in the industry, in my opinion. And, you know, consequently, I think I've noticed on our jobs, like the production managers need to step up a little bit because the producer has like a little bit more on their plate when it's direct to client. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, like, they really need to be able to operate a lot more on their own is something I've, I've noticed. I also think that um, when you are working direct to client or streaming services or networks without an agency, you um, find that you can't assume that the client knows everything you have to, mm -hmm. but also in a way that doesn't make them feel like they, they're ignorant <laughs> to the subject. So it's a delicate uh, balance. Right. Like all of a sudden the producer is an agency producer. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that is a, and that's a producer. A hundred percent. They need to know how to talk through all of these things. So like the picture isn't going to look like that in post, but most of, at least most of my producers that I hire, like, don't really work in post. They can talk through it, but like, sure. they don't work in post. Um, so I think that's yeah. been one of the biggest changes I've noticed over the 
past couple of years and kind of a skill set that's definitely being honed in on. Well, now that you've been in this role for four years, like what are some things of being an HOP that often that are often overlooked? Maybe people don't understand what your role is. I know you personally do everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me rephrase. What are some of the things about being a head of production that are often overlooked or people don't seem to understand? Yeah, I think, you know, head of production, I think, is an interesting term sometimes in this industry that can really be a catch-all for yeah. quite a plethora of things. Dry cleaning? Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so I think that I do a lot and I don't know if, if necessarily all of the head of productions would do. But one of the things unexpectedly at my specific company that the truth is I've actually enjoyed learning a lot about, but not that I had expected is this um, HR component to mm. just having a having a company. Um, yeah, and, that's a lot. You know, we did um, sexual harassment training for our entire staff. And we had a permalancer on with us at the time. And she was like, you're the first company to have done this in the film industry that I know of. And so that was like a really interesting and kind of eye-opening experience for me because I've never had to do that either. Um, and so this this HR component, I think for me, has been the, the biggest thing that I maybe didn't expect. Like the bidding, the wrapping, the POs, like that stuff I was mm-hmm. all kind of like aware of would be in the realm of what I do. But I think this HR component was the most interesting part for me. Didn't you also advocate for benefits at your company? Or like yeah. you invented the benefit plan of your company because there wasn't one in place? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when I got to Boomshot, uh, they were a very small company and um, we've grown a ton, but like we were bidding on Excel spreadsheets and that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, we need to like, you know, bring this up to what I would consider like a little bit more commercial standards. And so, you know, we moved into hot budget and now we're in showbiz and, uh, we shifted a lot of the ways that we do things and got a proper accounting company and, and you know, did, did all of these things to really bring them up to speed. And then uh, one of the things that is being discussed is, is like the benefits package and, and kind of, you know, in many ways, like what's the incentive to come or stay at Boomshot, uh, which is, I think I've been really lucky to be able to watch like how a company grows, like, how how we do that from this standpoint and and when things need to change and shift that I just freelancing like didn't understand you know you kind of come in you do the job you leave um, as a hero I've done this amazing job it's great <laughs> they're gonna hire it's fantastic but who gives a shit what happened before it was awarded and after it prepped Exactly. But exactly. And so it's really cool to be able to just see everything from start to finish, the many ways that we get approached for different jobs. And then, you know, to your point, all the way through rap, I I also now get to experience post, which was something I never did as a freelancer, which is super interesting and just a whole new field for me to learn about. Uh, so that part of it's been been really cool. I know some head of productions deal with post, not all of them do. Um, mm. We have a post supervisor who like oversees that department, but I get to assist in it quite often. Nice. Amazing. This is something that we I don't think we've really ever spoken about Christian. So this isn't this is a kind of a new question for us, but well, let's try it out on Christian. Let's try it out on yeah. Um how do you like producers that you've never worked with to reach out to you? 
and introduce themselves to you. Do you get much of that? A. And if if it does happen, like, how does it work when you're like, oh, I might really look at this person and maybe consider them for a job, if even if you don't know their name or you don't really know much about them? How, how does that interaction kind of work? I guess I would say we don't, we get some of that. Um, mm. And we have like a, you know, general like hello at Boomshot email that comes some, to me. And so I get them and we, we definitely have a lot of like um, LinkedIn people reaching out. Okay. Um, to be really honest, unless there's a recommendation in there of like, so-and-so told me to reach out, like probably not going very far with me, to be honest. That's um, fine. I, th- I think that there is something to say for like the blind reach out and trying to get the work that way. But I would say that this industry is word of mouth and like, I'll it go is. for people deep up from a recommendation before I take a rando most of the time. Interesting. I mean, that's what I expected, but you know, it's good to hear it it's <laughs> straight honest. up. Yeah. Yeah. It's on it. But if somebody reached out to you in a very funny way, if they <laughs> caught you off guard, it might work. But other than that, <laughs> I'm might, assuming that true. if you like really, yeah, if you like really got some some line in there that like really stuck out to me, m- maybe I would keep it. But like maybe. The like, hi, I'm so and so, just like reaching out, saw your website, liked your work kind of a thing. I'm like, mm. Sorry. That's but obviously who, a cut and paste. Right. We just sent this to everybody. Mm-hmm. I've right. also gotten the BCC one where like they've obviously mm-hmm. just BCC'd like a hundred or whatever people oh, on wow. this. And I'm like, that's not going to work. That is not. No, no. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely a people business. And it took me a long time when I was young in this industry, because I'm not anymore, um, uh, to understand that, you know, you, you start with knowing one person and they bring you into a company yeah. and you meet two people and then they leave that company and they go to other companies. Now you have two companies and you meet more people there. And that's really kind of the only way I found, like, I've never yeah. gotten a job by sending a resume to anybody. Exactly. And like, that's the other thing about it. Even talking about a resume, like when you're freelancing, like I yeah. didn't get asked for my resume. And when somebody did, I was kind of baffled by that question. Like, why I was do like, you want that? Again. Exactly. <laughs> it was like my resume, like... <laughs> Didn't I, didn't I get recommended by somebody? Like, isn't that right. enough? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. True words. <laughs> but it's so funny because I never made one. I just made a website and that was like, ooh, ah. When it first came out, like Lawrence had one. I think Jason Mann. Yeah. So there was only a few of us. As only a few of us, were yeah. like, holy shit. And like now, you know, <laughs> everyone has one. Everyone yeah. has one. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we're... Um, what words to leave us with, okay? So what are some of the pitfalls that you see production teams may fall victim to? Are there any lessons learned or jobs out there that were a little troubled that you can pass along to, you know, the teams who are listening? Some watch and- outs. Yeah, hey, watch. Oops. Watch out. <laughs> Who's that behind me? <laughs> Wait, I thought we had 20 grand more. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, well, I'll talk to. I think the one. I think one thing I really want to say about producers on this, and we, we can take it however we want. But my favorite producers were people that made me feel supported and protected, and I think that that's like a top-down structure. So you know, at the end of the day, like I 100 percent have made mistakes on budgets. I have 
forgot to calculate over time. I have, you know, you bid things six times, eight times. And like yeah. by the end of it, your eyes are bleeding and you're like, I missed something. Like it happens. Right. And as long as the person who's above you is like supporting and protecting you, then I think that that is like the only way that that I would like to work and that this world can really function. And then the same goes for me. Like I always felt responsible for my coordinators. If they mess something up, that's on me. That's, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, like we all make mistakes, but at the end of the day, like I, I want to help make that better and, and it's okay. And so I think that that was always the most important thing. And something that I really look for in producers is just making sure that like they're supporting and protecting their team because we are a team. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of producers, like that's the biggest thing for me and, you know, pitfalls and things to watch out for, like, that's a, a harder question. I think, Mm, I mean, I think that you, I think you answered it pretty, um, succinctly. I think that it's, um, about trust and so pitfall, you know, a pitfall can be lack of trust or being in yourself or being self-conscious when, if you trust people around you. You can literally do anything um, if you have a good team and there's a trust. Yeah, there ha- there just has to, exactly there has to be a trust, and if that's not there, then it's going to ruin the team pretty quickly. And I don't think those words have ever been said on this podcast. Supported and protected when speaking about a producer and what we do. And that's that's magic. That's some of the magic there that takes a long time for for producers to really understand. You know, especially if you come out of production management and you're like, oh, I'm just going to make the best deals and I'm going right. to, you know, uh, wheel and deal and I'm get the crane and find it's out the best technology. Mm-hmm. It's only exactly. about money. And then mm-hmm. it's like, no, the supporting and protecting your director, the production company, your, yeah. your crew, your team. It's all client. about that. The client, exactly. Exactly. the creative. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. I just want to make sure that everyone felt, you know, taken care of on the job. And we can all admit we uh, we can have some really negative experiences. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's great when you feel taken care of. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, that is Charleston, a South way Carolina. To... <laughs> anyway. Uh oh. I hear a war story. <laughs> oh, no, it's, just, it's, just, it's amazing how close you can be you can get to your production teams whenever you are oh, yeah. in a situation where you have to band together and support yeah. and protect each other because of circumstances that are happening. Some of my best friends in production are are because we were on the hardest jobs together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Krisha, thank you so much for having a drink with us today and 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 chatting. What is uh, the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, the best way will be my email. It's going to be my last name dot my first name at gmail.com. So it's J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-E dot K-R-Y-S-I-A at gmail.com. Thank you both so much. Yeah, thank you. Christian, what's uh, the best way for people to get a hold of you? SisterChristianProduces.com. <laughs> and Lawrence, if people want you, how do they get you? Two ways, voiceoflawrence.com and lawrencetlewis.com. Bye, everyone. Producers Happy Hour was brought to you with the help of Christopher Daniels, who is a design and branding specialist, and Eric Beals, who is our podcast editing wizard. Thanks for listening, and remember, enjoy Happy Hour when you can. Because making shit is hard. Ah, eh, what are you going to do?